0: This up. basically you can become as big as you would like on the internet um and i feel that way at this point because it's like i literally just got into this space and i, I feel like i'm killing it
1: episode 46 episode 46 is
2: lit time. hot hot time. This podcast is brought to you in part by investatheteam.com. We have created the official merch of generational wealth. You have to shift your mindset from employee to you can fire me the boss. Always remember no sacrifice, no reward. Hood Estates exclusive collection available at investatheteam.com. Now back to the world's greatest podcast. Are we on the ass? Tweet dope What it sounds like to be the best This is a Black Wealth Podcast Build wealth, invest, own, and close the wealth gap It's time to break down these financial concepts with your host Mr. Todd McGonagher himself Charles Oglesby And Raphael Husband I think that's
1: Jerry Stackhouse. Oh man, welcome to the podcast life. It's a very essential part of building an online business is putting out content.
3: Definitely.
1: The first of many for you,
3: first of many. I'm excited. She's like a
1: superstar. She's a budding superstar. <laughs>
3: yep, 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 we got it early for the free. <laughs> so, like it is every episode, it's Raphael and Charles and tonight we got a special guest. One Sierra Wilson, a.k.a. The, not the, The Millennial Lawyer. How are you doing, Sierra?
0: I'm doing great. Enjoying my Saturday night.
1: You know, that's actually a really cool name. I saw that in my affiliate list, and I was like, I don't know who that is, but they're killing it. So where did you get this millennial lawyer name from?
0: So, you know, I think lawyers, we have a stereotype for being like, super like pretentious and like rude and arrogant. And I think, you know, I kind of represent something a little different, you know. When people think of me, I like them to think of someone that's like joyful, happy, is like nice, um, fun, outgoing. I mean, at the end of the day, like I'm a millennial, like a normal millennial. I think my job title doesn't really change like who I am as a person. So that's kind of where it came from. I like it
1: because you are all those things, which is interesting. Like you're always happy. You're always, I think that's dope. I feel like, you know, people who tend to be miserable tend to kind of like exist in miserable circumstances and they project it onto other people. And so it's tough to be raised around love and raised around people doing well and be upset all the time. But you've seen like if people are coming at you negative, it's probably, it's probably not you. It's probably just, but what they're around they're in whatever community they live in and around that community we talk about people we make funny people we bash people we talk down on them whereas in other environments you're you they speak life into you they want the best for you they they know that we're not in competition like you're not going to take all the money it's not it's not possible
3: Definitely. Yeah, so see uh,
1: hmm? how you doing man I was listening to that last, I, I was listening to the last show and I was like, it's kind of cool. We talked to Raphael and we asked Raphael, what's going on in Raphael's life? So what's new, man? What's new since like two days ago? Yeah. <laughs> not
3: too much, not too much, not too much. Working on the not website. Um, we're going to get started on those shirts. we tweet talk. Um, today to was shirts. mostly like a little family thing. Out bike riding in the park yesterday, people were out crazy. I don't see too many masks out there either. People out yeah. there just we're over it. We're over so the road man. <laughs> When the summer comes, I mean, people are talking about oh, people aren't going to get on planes, people aren't going to do this, people aren't going to do that. As soon as they open up,
1: man, people are going to go
2: crazy
3: out out of here. with all that Some money they have
2: like,
1: saved up, too. They got a bunch will of money, not can- be canceled. Yeah.
3: <laughs> will not be canceled. So wow. Sierra, uh, for those listening, for, be sure to follow Sierra on Twitter at Sierra, that's Sierra, C-I-E-R-R-A, so at Sierra underscore E-S-Q. Uh, what's the IG? Same thing. Oh, okay. You Same thing, consistent. Uh, IG. You consistent. Made it easy. Yeah, that works, that works. That's good. Um, first of all, what kind of law do you, you practice? So I practice
0: corporate law. Um, I basically work for a firm that um, we are retained by insurance companies, and we're hired to defend corporations in lawsuits that are brought by I don't know anyone. Say someone suing their employer, we represent um, the employer. Um, if someone um, slipped and fell at a Target or something, we'll represent Target. Um, basically. We
1: represent the big guys. She represents the people that I sue. So uh-huh. I, work in the I work in a plaintiff's firm. <laughs> on the plaintiff's side, we're always going after. We're always getting met by attorneys like her. So f them, man, for dragging out the whole process. Okay, all right. <laughs> That's what I say. It's a big game. I used to
3: work
0: on the plaintiff's side, you know. Is it choppy? I used to work on the plaintiff side for um, three years.
1: What do you like better?
0: What do I like better? Yeah. Well, when I go solo, I'll definitely be going to plaintiff's because that's where the money is at. So uh-huh. I, mean, I like plaintiff's
1: side. So it's really levels to this. It's like, I used to work in a workers' compensation defense firm and it was love, like super plush, all the amenities, stocked fridge. They would bring in like a masseuse, like either once a month or like once a week. It was crazy. They'd bring in a masseuse, I'm not even lying. They did a lot of stuff for people. They had like a designated room and those was just like the room for relaxation because they knew it was tense in there. Um, and so I realized like on the defense side, it's way different than on the plaintiff side. But on the plaintiff side, when you strike on your own, that's where you're going to make the money because it's a lot easier to get those clients versus trying to get retained by Walmart, like. Little crawls yeah. little out here like trying to get retained by Walmart is gonna be kind of tough, but I can go get Willie and we could sue Walmart all day.
0: And it's like our people sue people, so you know people who are suing <laughs> look like us. So if we're like, you know, have you been mm-hmm. injured? They're gonna flock to us because we look
1: absolutely. Like yeah. Have you? If there's this. There's this. Um, the Barnes firm in Los Angeles. It's so crazy. They have it's a personal injury plaintiffs firm, and there's three lawyers on the on their uh, billboard, and it's white lawyer, white lawyer, black lawyer in the middle. But you know he ain't the boss, but they got him in the middle. <laughs> right, right. So I don't know. Shout out to the practice of law. So
3: Sierra is, as she said, repping for the women who are trying to be somebody before they say they need somebody.
1: You got to talk about it, man. You got to expand on the tweet.
3: Of course. Okay.
0: So that came from, I was listening to Drake and he has a song called Faithful. And I just really like that song because he's talking about like a super driven woman that he's like chasing after. And basically like she puts like the relationship on hold because she's like so focused on trying to like be like figure out who she's going to be. So I relate to that because, you know, I'm trying to figure my life out. It's kind of hard for me to, like, put my energy into, like, any guy right now because my vision is so clear of, like, who I want to be. And sometimes I kind of feel like if I'm, like, chasing a guy, that's going to, like, slow me down from the vision of who I'm trying to be myself. So I just love that song. And I had a tweet about it.
1: That is dope because I had no idea she was talking about Drake. <laughs> is, like, I never I, I didn't know Drake was inspirational right. that you never know. Drake inspires know a lot of tweets.
0: I I tweet so many lyrics, it's crazy. Like I actually said the other day, I'm like, hey guys, like if you don't like what I said, I'm gonna blame it on the person, like whose song it is because <laughs> I was just listening to a song and I just felt it in my soul and I wanna share it.
1: I tweet a lot of Drake lyrics also. So that's dope. <laughs> yeah, I love it.
0: Yeah, I
3: remember so you had that um I don't think it's Drake, but you had that—that that, uh, you took the picture of the Porsche and put it up. Right. And somebody was like, "Oh man, what'd you get? Like, like when'd you get it, or whatever?" He said. Nope. He said. And I was like, I think that's a song that this up.
1: The funny <laughs> thing is, is Gene. I don't know if you guys know Gene. He posted that, but Gene actually owns a Porsche. She owns a the the SUV Porsche. She's a real estate wholesaler out in the Midwest or in Florida or something like that. And uh, when I saw it, I was like, I think that's true. I think like when you get a a solid vehicle it actually pushes you to do more. And I had this conversation with Felicia. Um, She just passed the bar and she went to law school with me. And we were in law school, she had a three series and she was like, the people that you see in the Beamers, they're the people who were here late at night getting it. They're the people who are looking to get even more. They're the people on the weekends hustling. And so like, I feel like unfortunately as a culture, we feel like you got to accomplish something before you get the whip. You got to do all these things before you get certain things. And so we put these artificial barriers up for us that actually would inspire us to do more. And so when I heard Gene post that, and Gene is winning, he got the Rolex, he got the Porsche, he's taking care of his kids, he has owns, owns multiple homes. I was like, maybe the Porsche would make me a little bit more ambitious. And so like, for me, I'm holding off like, you know what, I don't want to get a Porsche until I do this, 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 but you never know what's on the other side of that, of that accomplishment. My family... Right.
0: My family, like my dad, right now, he's trying to convince me, you should get a Porsche. And I'm like, you know, I'm kind of scared. I'm like, that's pretty expensive, dad. But he's like, it's going to give you drive. And I'm like, I don't know. That's that's a huge, you know, payment to be committed to right now. But yeah, I, I agree.
1: I feel like you find a way. Like right now we're looking at a house and the house is a little bit like, so my my wife is the kind of wife that... She wants what she wants. And I'm the kind of person, I'm like, I want what I know we can get for sure. And so we're kind of, because I'm like, hey, we could get this house and it's nice and it's, it does what we need to do, but it might be like 150000 less than what she really wants. But my thinking is like, you know what? Just push yourself. Just get what you really want, and then go to the next goal. Because low-key, a Porsche is dope, but it ain't a Ferrari. It ain't all these other <laughs> things that we could be out there getting. And so we're putting up these boundaries that actually could be pre- preventing us from, like, even bigger stuff.
3: Yeah. It's I mean, and sometimes it's good. But let me just push you and like, listen, this is what I want. Yeah. You'll figure out how to go get it. And yeah. that's it. You guys want to hear a story about cars?
1: <laughs> sure. Plus,
3: I remember one day.
0: Um, Charles he posted a, ben, a Bentega and he always posts cars and I always DM him like oh my god like I want that car <laughs> and he's like well you got to get your passive income up so I'm like okay <laughs> let me, like let me figure that out and it's like he's really the one who put that in my ear like okay I can really get these cars that I want if I get my passive income up
1: that's funny. And you on never that, know that note. Gonna, what, what, what do you have, Raphael?
3: I was going to say, on that Rafael. note, what brought Sierra to my attention, and most people's attention, I think, lately, is when she became an affiliate for you for the Todd Capital uh, Options Workshop and just blew it out of the water on the affiliate sales. So those listening, Sierra is the one
1: that did, what, pushed like $9,000 in, like in sales in like two weeks. Two weeks. weeks. And you like, it's so crazy because I always watch the numbers. And so like, I know who's in the top five and then she jumped to like top three and she jumped over a lot of people who've been with me for a while. And I was like, that's crazy. But mm-hmm. the crazy thing is, is I know that she's been able to make even more money, teach people how she's done it. But also you can see her influence on the internet, which is dope. So it's like, as you give value, you create influence, but you also create income. That's a bar. Mm-hmm.
0: I've been really enjoying it. It's like, it's the coolest thing ever. And really, you know, I I think the way that I jumped is because when you added me as an affiliate, I already had people hitting me up, right? So like that first week, I kind of put it on hold because I'm like, you know, he said he's going to make me an affiliate. So I'm going to keep posting my wins and these people are going to stay interested. So my first week, that first wave, it was like, It was like my friends and family, I'm assuming. But then after that, after I got, you know, I kept seeing you helped Todd make a sale. I'm like, $55? Like, I need more of this. So I literally was just like, this is my desk. This is my office. So I'm literally sitting in my office. And I'm just like, how can I, like, you know, go out? How can I reach more people? I only had 1,600 followers at that time. And I'm like, how can I like, you know, branch out? And then I started thinking about Chris's course. And I'm like, he was talking about running ads. And I'm like, and I saw Charles had just ran an ad. And I'm like, I think I have the image that I can run an ad and people will come to my page. So I ran that first ad with black millionaires and it was just a wrap. Like I honestly, I couldn't even believe it because I don't know what I expected out of like affiliate sales, but I was just like, it was it was starting to exceed my expectation. And then it also became like, I started chasing it because I'm like, I really want to live in a high rise downtown and they're like $2,800. So I'm like, oh, I can make this money on the internet and not touch my salary. And then I won't really feel that bad about paying for a $2,800 apartment. So that really became my drive to like start selling more.
1: That's dope. That's dope. Um, I think what's dope about your story, and when I saw it, I'd never seen it before. I'd never seen anybody who invested money into their affiliate sales. Everybody else wants it to happen organically. They want to post tweets. They want to send emails. They want to post on their personal Instagram, but you literally invested money into your um, into your affiliate business, and that's what I think was so dope to me is it's a business and so you got to treat it like a business and i've talked about that before is it's like people think it's just like something to do like no like it's real money especially the way people are running it like i think i do 40 percent. i think chris is starting to do 50 percent. like we're basically partners at this point in time <laughs> so yeah can you talk about the image i think that's dope to to kind of touch on
0: which image like my actual like picture like the actual like what? ad or like my image like online
1: well, you said that you feel like you have the image that's going to bring in sales. I think it's very important, and you oh, froze up. I'm freezing. Yeah, yeah
3: freezing
1: She's that's too much ice. That's what it is.
3: <laughs> I'm I'm like frozen. I'm so
0: sorry. Okay, ask
3: again. I can hear you now. Um. You were saying that, um, talk about, you, you was talking about you had the image, uh, you thought you had, you had, you thought you had the image for the, to run an ad. Got it. Um, That's what you were saying. Mm -hmm. Well, I think,
0: you know, like I've been on social media for a long time and I've always like, like posted and people have always been like super interested in me. Um, and I think for the simple fact that I'm a lawyer, um, I mean, Charles has been following me for a long time, so he sees like, if you've been following me, like you'll see me, like me, I have a whole bunch of girlfriends, like we'll go on vacation and we're like super funny, we're super cool. Like we just catch people's attention and I've kind of already been working on attracting people to me. So um, I think, you know, of course my title and then just how I already carry myself Um, It attracts people to me. I think um, I
3: eat clean, I work out, I work, I have fun. Charles, you said if they control your income, they control everything.
1: Man, I was thinking about... See, the thing is, is I always have these thoughts as I'm thinking about different things, if that makes sense. So I was like, I was sitting here and I was thinking about this house... And I was thinking about like how I'm going to like put up a significant amount of cash to take care of it. But I was like, man, like if not for the cash, it would have been kind of tough to make that happen because unfortunately, like if people control your income, they can determine what house you live in. They can determine what schools your children attend. They can determine what kind of food you eat. They can determine what kind of car you drive. They can determine if and when you go on vacation. But when you have a business, you get the control. You get the freedom. You get the power. And so I was just thinking about how like like traditional lending is W-2 lending. They're looking at how much is your nine to five income, how much is all these different things. And I was like, you know what? Like my business income is nuts. Like I could buy this in a casual one or two. But like the crazy thing is, is like if you depend on the law office of X, Y, and Z to take care of you, you might not ever get it. And so I think that was kind of like a revelation, but also it was kind of frustrating. It's like, bro, like if I sat around waiting for a job to make these things happen for me, I'd never get them no matter how hard you work. And the business will allow you to get there in in no time, especially the more, the better that you get at business, the more money you make. And so at these, at this point, I'm like, we're actually kind of polished at it. So like my goal used to be one thing. I used to be Mr. 1k a day. Now it's like, if I, I need 1K before I wake up. I need 1K before eight o'clock. I gotta hit 1K. Cause I had and a lot of that that a lot of that is predicted by the work that I did before I went to sleep. So if I was pushing tweets, if I was making promo happen, like it's gonna carry into the next day. So I'm not banking on what I do when I'm asleep, I'm banking on what I did when I was awake before I went to sleep to then carry over into the next day. So I would just say that, like, it's a revelation for me, and I think it was a revelation for anybody because that tweet, that tweet got a lot of traction, is we got to stop letting other people control how much money we make because it's not even just about the salary at this point. It's about everything. And when you have kids, and roughly you have kids, when you have a family, you really start to realize that, like, I'm not going to let the CEO of this firm determine what kind of life I live. I determine what kind of life I live.
3: You, Sierra, I know you got some thoughts on
1: that.
3: <laughs>
0: Wholeheartedly. Um- You know, I,
3: I come from a family,
0: um, every, every, my, my parents and my brother, they're all entrepreneurs and, you know, I'm the one who has, you know, a job, you know, I have a boss to answer to. And I I definitely felt Charles tweet because, you know, I'm around these people that have absolute freedom. You know, they, they make all their own decisions while I'm, you know, I'm kind of forced to do what my boss tells me to do Um, every every part of my life from my time. um, If if my boss calls me and tells me, hey, I need you to write this report, you know, I have to drop everything I'm doing and write a report. And as a woman, that troubles me because, you know, I'm, you know, planning for my future and I don't have kids right now. I'm not married right now, but I'm anticipating the day that, you know, I have a family and I would just, absolutely hate, you know, if I have some established routine that I'm trying to create with my children and some person above me can throw off that routine. Um so I'm I'm kind of getting to the point where I'm like, you know, I need to be my own boss. You know, I need to you know, my life needs to be in my own hands. I can't really allow these people to dictate how I'm gonna live.
1: One hundred percent, Raphael. And that was a new tweet, man.
3: Yeah. <laughs> And, Sierra, you said, if you're striving for a $100,000 salary, let me tell you, it's not the move. I was stuck <laughs> to get into a six-digit salary until I realized I'll be slaved for the hundred K, and my earning capacity is significantly greater if
1: I bet on myself. Yes. I was going to pull that tweet, too, yes. by the way. I like that one.
0: I feel like there's so many things that I have to talk about with that that I'm even going to pull it up <laughs> to talk about, you know, that tweet. Yeah. Um, so hold on. What would you, you say? What you say? I'm I'm pulling up the tweet myself. To oh like okay. This part because you know I, I think it's pretty packed. You know. Um, mm-hmm. So starting off, you know, um, you guys saw that I tweeted. Um, I would say in 2018, I was making fourteen dollars an hour because I was um, you know still a law clerk. I wasn't a lawyer yet. Mm. And. All I could think about was I can wait until I get a job making hundred thousand dollars. You know, I was just so focused on that, and I just thought that was going to be like the end all. I thought, you know, things were going to that was just gonna, my life was just going to be like absolutely amazing once I started making one hundred k. So um, I, I got the job making hundred k June of um, twenty nineteen, and once I started realizing what goes into that job. Um, making hundred K, I started to feel actually underpaid because, um, as a lawyer making hundred K, like these law firms, you know, they, they want to own you. Um, I'm a slave to a billable hour. I'm required to um, meet that billable hour requirement and basically there's just so many tasks that i have to do to earn the 100,000 that i feel like it's kind of hard to earn any dollar above that 100k because all my time is being spent working you know yeah. and then um me talking about my earning capacity is significant, significantly greater I mean, I think I really realized that um, during this pandemic when I got on the internet and I started being myself and started promoting myself and waking up and betting on myself, I started realizing, whoa, like, you know, I'm making $1,000 a day now. And I don't know if you guys saw me tweet, and I hope you weren't going to ask me about it, but um, I made basically my monthly salary this past week. So it's like I proved to myself this week that my earning capacity is significantly greater than that law firm would ever pay me. So yep. that, that's where that tweet came from. Yeah.
1: It's crazy, man. Like once you, once you push through that glass ceiling and then they want you to go back into the office, you just start looking at the papers. Like what the heck am I doing this for? You really want me to sit down and do this for the next eight, 10, 12 hours when I can make a month's salary in a, in a whole day? Like, it's very, very frustrating. And that's one of my, like, I have a mental block. I've struggled. This last week was a very big struggle for me. Every day I walked into that office, I was like, what the heck am I doing here? Like, the only reason I'm really here is because of the, quote, security. That's it. Just because you know a check is going to come. Not because the check is what you want. Not because the check is amazing. Just because it's guaranteed. And I feel like that guarantee traps people. And it's scary, especially once you have, like, a bunch of responsibilities. But honestly... I think that having those responsibilities should push you to go out there and get what you're really worth. I was looking at, um, I was like, you guys can't tell me I'm worth X if I've already generated X, I generated Y. Like, I generated this in a week. You can generate an annual salary in a week. Once you really start killing it, once you really get the hang of it, you can actually generate the weekly salary. Uh, You can generate your annual salary in a day like cuz it's at that point in time it's just like if you know how to make $1000 you can know you know how to make 10,000. If you know how to make 10,000 you know make to make 100,000. At that point in time it's really just like doing the same actions and these jobs are robbing us basically and she sees it just at a higher level than most people but these jobs are robbing us. Let's say for example if you cook burgers at McDonald's and McDonald's are going to pay minimum wage but you could take that same burger flipping skill and you could set yourself up a little shop on the corner and you can make crazy money. The same skill. Just bet on yourself. And more of us need to be betting on ourselves instead of betting on them and hoping they're gonna just give us security. It's not gonna happen.
0: And I think it's really weird. And I'm you know, I'm pretty like analytical and pretty I like to dig into our psychology, but I think it's so crazy that we trust another person with our livelihood than we trust ourselves. Like, look at what Charles just said. He just said, you know, there's quote unquote security. So, you know, that's pretty crazy that we feel another person can give us security more than we can give it to ourselves. Um, and I, I hope that in the future we all start, you know, challenging that and really start betting on ourselves. Um, and I'm no different. You know, that that's what kept me working is that security. But I just really hope that we start challenging that because it's really limiting, we're limiting our own potential by relying on other people.
3: Yep, 100%. Yeah. So Charles, you had two tweets that I don't think you meant them to be connected, but I'm gonna connect them anyway. <laughs> you <laughs> said, after you experience living off what you kill, you start looking for more things to hunt and kill. Yeah. And then you also said, 15K for a food truck, let's slang these burgers.
1: Man. I have connections to a very, very successful African-American business in Watts, and they have one location, and it frustrates me that they only have one location. Um, I used to I have a really good connection with the, the mom, the owner, and I keep telling her, we got to expand this. And it's so funny. I was talking to my wife this morning. And I was telling her, I was like, do you know how McDonald's started? Do you know how Starbucks started? It was a guy who came to a business that was successful. They had one or two locations and he blew that shit up. Howard Schultz didn't start Starbucks. He bought it. The Ray Kroc didn't start McDonald's. He bought it. And so I keep eyeing it. I'm like, bro, like we're going to blow this up. And it's a very, very successful business. People have heard of the the family, but like, you got to do it responsibly. You can't do it in the sense that you're stealing their business. You got to make them just as successful as you're going to be successful. Like, and that's always my goal. Like, I don't want to rob anybody. I want to do fair business 100%. That's why the affiliates make what they make. And so that was one thing. The other is we're walking through this house and I'm like, you know, we just got to, we got to take it up a notch. We got to drop more content. So I'm over here like, okay, we got to double down on what's working. So if digital content is working, then we need to create more digital content. So now I'm like, well, what are we going to do next? So we got crisis money dropping. So then it's like, what are we going to do next? So now I'm working with my mom on recording an, uh, a like financial management, financial freedom type uh, course. And so at that point in time, your mind just starts thinking, what else can I create? What else can I do? What else can I put out to the world? I was watching Jay Morrison; and he was talking about the same thing we talk about, the world wide web. We have access to the world, not just your block, not just your city, not just your state even. We have access to the entire world. There are people who have bought our products who live in Canada who live in the UK, who live in Nigeria. And we're all making money off of that. Like that is insane if you really think about it. And he was also breaking it down, he was like, if you sell a $100 product to 25 people, that's 2,500 bucks in a month. But we have access to millions through social media. So do you mean it's some way that you can't get 25 people to buy your stuff? Even today, I ran a sale, 20 bucks for a course. I made a lot of money today off of a $20 course because I always had this theory, I was like, if there's millions of people in this world, if I could just get them to give me $1, I could be a millionaire. Mm -hmm. And so now it's like, you just find ways to do an exchange. Like, what do I have to give to everybody and they're gonna give me money for it and then I can be rich. So that's just the mentality. It's like, once you learn that like, you can hunt and kill stuff, then you start focusing on hunting and killing more things, not working more hours. I was on the rooftop today smoking a cigar and I was like, you know what? Working for money is the least efficient means of making money. Like trading your time for hours is the least efficient means of making your money. You have to actually be there. You have to actually put your effort in. You have to actually be present and conscious. And you can only make money for the time that you're there. Versus if you're actually selling products, selling widgets, widgets selling items, like you can literally make an abundance of money and do nothing. Like that is business. And that's why business wins.
3: So sure, you said making money online is so addictive. And now you got your <laughs> own course that you put up.
0: Yeah, it really is. Because. I feel like, well, let me start by, there's this, um, Nifty hustle song. And like at the end of it, he has like an interview and he's basically talking about how the internet is empowering everyone. And basically you can become as big as you would like on the internet. Um, and I feel that way at this point because it's like, I literally just got into this space and I, I feel like I'm killing it and I'm, you know, I'm starting to shift my mind, um, to, okay, I'm making a thousand dollars a day. And these past few days, I've been really brainstorming. How do I make a million dollars? I, I, I know I'm 100% capable of doing. So I think it's a matter of figuring out the product and how to get it out there. Um, so I said, it's so addicting because it's like, I've always had a very clear vision for my life. And I think, this internet is allowing me to like expedite my dreams. Like I can get there so quickly by, you know, using the internet as a tool. And it's, it's really cool because it's like before I was just, I was on here for free before. So I'm still doing the same thing, but now I'm making money and we all know that social media is addicting. If you're entertained by social media, it's because it's addicting. So it's like, there's a level of like, of, i don't there's an extra um you're you're even more addicted when you're into social media and then you start making money money
1: on social media i feel like i love that 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 nipsey hustle i guess interview and i always try to post it i post i used to post it and like record it and play it and now you can um you can kind of do it with like the apple music little gift whatever they call that thing but it's so powerful. Like, people really look over that, and he was just giving out game. He was like, the internet is empowered us all. It's like, Giants are going f- to fall. Giants are going to crumble. And you said something that I wanted to touch on, and I since I went down that lane, I forgot it. Oh, Let's, man. Dang. Dang it. But, yeah, it's dope. And <laughs> shout, out to, shout out to Nipsey Hustle, man, because it's so true. 100% true.
3: But she was saying right. that you're on, the, you're on the social media anyway
1: it wasn't that it wasn't that it was um uh i forgot it's okay oh man Charles. It'll, come, it'll come back to me <laughs> it'll come back
3: but now what's the name of your um your course uh sierra how to kick ass as an affiliate how to kick ass as an affiliate
1: i gotta watch that tonight i'm I, i'm pretty sure i bought it i know i bought it yeah that's
3: pretty good and it- i got it myself
0: It was really, you know, challenging to make that video because that was my first, you know, digital product. Um, It was really hard to like feel comfortable, you know, sitting down, talking in front of a camera. I'm social. I love to talk to people, but I'm like, man, I have to talk to the camera. This is weird. Like, but I'm really glad I did it. I'm really glad I just did it. And, you know, I'm working on updating it because, you know, I was so nervous that I feel like there's Mm -hmm. stuff that I left out because I was more Mm -hmm. focused on you know, like getting comfortable. So I'm definitely going to keep working on it and keep adding things to it. And I definitely want to keep making more products.
1: I was, um, I was talking to my son today <laughs> and I was, telling, I, was like, you get, I was like, you get better at stuff as you do them. And I used to, I used to, I've always known that I've always known you get better at things as you do them. And in the beginning, like when you're younger, you think you're just like a natural, like, Oh, he's naturally good at those things. Like, no, you, you're good. Cause you practice. You're good because you had a dad there who was saying, like, do this, 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 this. And so you did those things. And the same thing is true with creating content. Like, you're going to miss out on things, you're going to forget stuff, but like, at least you put it out there. And now the next time you do something, it's going to be even better. So now I'm looking at this next course. And I'm looking, at a whole, I'm looking at it from a whole different dynamic. I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to push it out there quick, even if they rush me. I'm going to sit on it for a while. I'm going to create these slides. I'm going to take my time. I'm going to send it to Wiley. I'm going to have Wiley look at them. I'm going to record it in pieces. I'm not going to just sit down and try to record the whole thing. I'm going to record it in modules. I'm going to send it to an editor. I'm going to have them edit all the stuff out. I'm going to have Donald the Voice going to edit my stuff. But, like, you don't get there step one. You get there step two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, after you've gotten the criticism and I feel like success hurts. If you go into the weight room, if you go into the gym, that shit hurts. But everybody wants business success to be like, oh, but like, knows like that's what she does. She exercises, she works out and that stuff hurts. And so I think the business is going to be the same. You're going to get slander. You're going to get people taking jabs at you. You're going to get people like we're putting out content to the world. And you only get that, you only get to step two, step three, step four by crossing step one. And so I think that's very important because I don't think we've ever really put it in that, in that, in that, that idea, that paradigm is it like success hurts, launching a business hurts, putting stuff out there is going to hurt, getting rich hurts, like it just is what it is. You, are you going to put up with the pain or are you going to just put up with the poverty?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: for sure. <laughs>
0: Yeah. I, um, I, I agree. Like, I, I think it's really, um, I'm really glad that you talked about that because like, I think a lot of people, you know, look at, you know, people like us, and they think that it was easy. And that's why I really felt it was important to talk about the fact that I failed the bar, you know, um, I, my journey hasn't been easy. Like, so if someone sees me having fun on social media now, I think it's extremely important that I share with them how I got here, because I think, you know, in this social media world, everybody wants to show the end product, but, you know, I'm really trying to show people the journey because I think, you know, my, my goal is to inspire and I don't think anybody's going to be inspired if I just show up on a yacht one day, but if they see me struggling and they know what it took to get to that yacht, you know, you, you are inspired and you want to, you want to be like that. Um,
1: yeah. Yacht life. Yacht master too. And she, will be, and she will be pulling up on the yacht
3: too. You know in the in the, uh, in the course she's like on the beach or something. Oh really? You know, shooting the video. <laughs> yeah. Right?
0: <laughs> I'm in my front yard.
3: <laughs> okay. So it's a little, like, she was on the beach or something like No nah, I
0: was in my front yard. You know I just that's where I'm comfortable. I'm comfortable outside. I'm like I'm like a, a bougie hippie. Like it's just a weird like dichotomy that I am. Like, I can't, it's hard to describe myself, but it's like, I really, you know, love being outside. I love yoga. I love nature. I love um, water. I love mountains, Um, but I also like really nice things. So I felt like it was really important for me to record outside because it's like, that's who I am. That's when I'm working, like if I'm working from home, I'm usually sitting outside. So I just wanted to share from
1: outside. She had a tweet that said, I don't follow the rules, and they don't like that.
0: <laughs> Man, so, you know, that's g Easy, and I'm telling you, all my all my tweets come from songs. That's g Easy, and that's on 1942, and he says that, and I just resonated with that so well because, like, since I was little, you know, I was the kid I stayed in trouble, you know? Like, I used to get suspended from freaking elementary school for cussing, you know? And I just always kind of like, I've always gone against the grain. Something in me always just felt like what you guys are telling me is false. Always, like, from from childhood. And, you know, it's crazy because um, this society, they, they push on you that if you're like that, like, you're bad, right? But it's like, in reality, that's leaders. Leaders don't just accept, you know, what you're saying. You know, we're not just sheep. We're like... Um, no. Um this is how my life is gonna be and I don't care what you're talking about. And I, I've been like that since I was a child. Um I have a vision of how I should be as a lawyer. I'm gonna I'm gonna be that type of lawyer and you know, people are gonna have to accept my truth. I'm not gonna accept what people are pushing on me.
1: One of the reasons why Sierra and I have a connection is cause she's also a currency fan. And currency he made a he made a lot. I was listening to it today and he said they set us up for us to lose. They set it up for us to lose but we ignored the rules. And I feel like that's so true. It's like the rules really just protect who's already in power. They aren't for the new guy to rise up. And so they say you can't do that. Like one of the most frustrating things is like in order to crowdfund real estate, you got to spend like 10 grand just on docs. Like that's crazy. Who wants to spend $10,000 just on paperwork? And so what happens is people who could be piecing together deals aren't going to do it. And so when I was out there and I was doing what I was doing, people were like, you can't do that because you didn't spend the $10,000, dude. And I'm like, like, that's so funny that you say that because we did it and it works, but we did throttle down. And so what happened is as I learned the rules, I started to kind of like create new plans that worked around the rules. So for example, like I think I was talking about this in the last podcast, like you technically can't advertise an investment club but you can advertise an investment community. And so we stopped doing the investment club full tilt. And now we advertise like hell, the investment community. And now the investment community does numbers It's really insane. Raphael, if you knew it will blow your mind because you got to create some shit. So I thought that was dope because fuck the rules. And I, I know I've heard multiple, multiple rappers talk about that. Like the rules just box you in. They don't benefit anybody, but, the police officers and the government officials, and all the people who are already in power like it does not empower the little guy,
0: definitely. And I think, you know, that's I think in our career, too, you know, in law, oh. it, it makes me really feel like rules are just made to be broken because it's like I'm defending the people that have quote unquote broke the rules. So I really don't feel like the rules apply to anyone, I think it's just a guideline and um challenge it you know you can challenge it it's okay to challenge it i think successful people they challenge it um i think if you look at like class system in america like i'm pretty sure the people in the middle class they they don't challenge the rules but those people once you start getting to the upper class they challenge things um and that's that's where i'm trying to be i'm trying to be challenging things i'm not trying to be a sheep
1: in this world that's a bar right there.
2: Yo, it's the Options Trading Workshop, presented by Todd Capital. Learn the fundamentals and advanced trading strategies that allow us the chance to earn $20,000 in side money in one year while working a job and running multiple businesses. That's right. Learn the what, the where, and the how of options trading in this exclusive webinar. To find out more details, hit us up on the link in the bio, on Instagram at Millie or on Instagram at todd.capital, or just head over to gumroad.com forward slash Capital.
1: That is like next level bar stuff. If you ever read the book Outliers, he kind of touches on that. He talks about how like there's two families that went to the doctor and one doc one family was just kind of like taking whatever the doctor said. And the other was like, no, like asking questions, prodding, kind of pushing back. And that like people, I don't think people have ever really talked about that, like actually challenging things as opposed to just accepting it as like, that's just the way things are. That's dope. So Charles,
3: you just touched on this a little bit. A minute ago, you said, they criticize, and we improve. They get the likes and retweets, and we get the
1: money. It's all facts, man. <laughs> uh, you know what's funny? It's like I think we got to start applying like the things we talk about to like legends. And a legend would be Elon Musk. Elon Musk, he puts out something they never seen, and he gets criticism. That can't work. Who's going to want to drive a truck char- car with a battery? Who's going to want to drive a car that costs $100,000? He's making cars only for rich people. Oh, that car is ugly. Oh, that car is this, that car is that. And as they criticize, as they throw darts, he's probably just shaping his strategy around the new suggestions that he's getting from the haters. Like, haters really just give you suggestions to do better. They're saying, hey, like, maybe you should edit this. Hey, maybe you should revise this. Hey, maybe you should improve this. Like, they think that by being a critic, they get power. And there's a a quote that says, like, there's never been a statue that was erected for a critic. But the thing is, and what I was realizing this morning as I was going through my thing is I was like, you know what, I'm going to beef the hell out of this shit. It's going to be heavy. So I'm digging in. I'm doing more research. I'm doing more learning. I'm doing more like rehearsing what I'm going to say. I'm over here, like, let me line up this editor. I'm over here, like, let me figure out ways to make this that much more dope. So they get the likes and the retweets. They get the, that's so funny, dude, but I just made $16,000 today. (laughs) Who's going to be mad at that? (laughs) Like, that's in real life. Like, that's the crazy part about it. It's like, they're over here giving me more fuel. The haters are motivators. Like, they think they're stopping me, but they're only really pushing me forward. Like, they can't stop me. They can only make me improve. And so I share this because I want people who are listening to this to not, sh- don't shy away. Who the fuck is B Real Estate? Who are these people? I know you don't even <laughs> want to say names, but I'm saying names, Raphael. Who are they? Raphael? they ain't paying none of our bills. He ain't showing up here paying for, the fucking house I'm trying to move into, he's not buying me a new car. He's not paying off my student loans. So why the fuck am I going to allow him to tell me what I should do and when I shouldn't do it? Don't do they' doing shit for me. Why am I going to allow them to tell me what I should do and when I shouldn't do it? They're paying none of y'all bills. When we were younger, people's opinions mattered. You used to really care what people said. Like, oh, man, they think my shoes are ugly. Oh, man, they think I'm not smart. And then you get older, especially if you've accomplished things. and You're just like, I was really listening to these dudes. People in my in my I just had I posted something on Facebook today. And somebody I went to high school with was like, man, you never respond to my DMs. I'm like, bro, like I got shit to do. I'm not over here just waiting to answer all your DMs. But that same dude wasn't really that dude when we were in high school. Maybe if you were that dude when we were in high school, we'd have something to talk about. But you're probably a jerk. So I'll say all this to say, and it's no disrespect to them. I'm just saying, you don't get to tell me what I can do. Nita does not get to tell me what I can do. You're not paying none of these bills. Yep. I felt that in my soul. So, Sierra, Uh
3: I want to make sure I I ask you about this before I forget. Um, So, you are one half of a crew called the Pretty Little Life, Pretty Lawyers, Pretty Little Lawyers. Mm-hmm. Tell us about that real quick, what you guys do.
0: Okay, so um, it
1: started off,
0: um, that's my friend Kavana. we met at a, um, a black women's lawyer brunch, and, you know, the second she walked in, I'm like, I've met my match, you know, you know, <laughs> she works hard, <laughs> she works hard, she flies, she wants, we have really the same visions for life, and we started talking, and um, we just, Well, Pretty Little Lawyers, the name actually came from, it's really funny, we went to Vegas um, last year, what is it, Memorial Day? Um, And we just posted a picture on Instagram and the caption was Pretty Little Lawyers. But then we started realizing, like, you know what, that's a really cool name because, you know, that's who we are. We're pretty and we're lawyers. So (laughs) let's take it and run with it. Um, So we basically are, we want to um, offer, like, legal services to millennials, we're just, we're struggling right now because it's like, it's a conflict with our job. So that's why you haven't seen me talking about it because I'm trying to figure out, you know, what we can do that's not really a conflict with work. Um, because we were told that if we, if we form LLCs, then that's like competition with our job, which I don't agree with, but I'm not going to get into that. So um, I don't know we're, we're still kind of refining our brand right now and the vision of what we're going to do with that. But we, we still really want to push that brand. We're just trying to figure out how we can do so without jeopardizing that, uh, that job.
1: What's interesting about the firm that I work in is I haven't really gotten that vibe from like the managing attorney. Like if it seems like he doesn't mind if you do your own thing, as long as you do your job, which is kind of interesting. Um, I've always talked about how my mom has that issue how she can't really put herself out there and market herself and promote herself. But interestingly enough, my mom has been putting out content and she posted something on like her Instagram and her firm shared what she posted. And I was like, that's so crazy. But what's interesting is sometimes they box us in. Sometimes they say, you are this and this is what you do. And they don't realize like, no, I'm a lot more than that. Like I can actually do, bring a lot more value to your firm than that. And so I feel like what I've been telling people is like sometimes, although it's important to be entrepreneurial, it might actually be worth being entrepreneurial where you might be an entrepreneur within that organization. And so you're bringing business into their into their firm. And so the benefit of that is now you have a connection with your clients and you also have a more strong stronger foothold inside of the business as well. And so what could happen is they're going to value, they're going to get behind you and they're going to help you bring in more clients. But if and when it doesn't work out, you can always walk with your clients. And so I feel like it's a way kind of like to hack the system is to bring in clients to their firm, but just know like, no, that's my client. Because lawsuits take a long time. We have cases that we've had for four years and the clients are like, you know, I had this case for four years and I've had multiple attorneys on this case and I've had multiple people who are handling this on my case. And I'm like, you know, like, it's just a long process. It just takes a long time. We do the pre-lit phase. If it doesn't settle in pre-lit, we take it to actual litigation. But that's four years. So let's say you decide to take that case with you when you leave. You can still take that case. The attorney might sue you because he's going to want a portion of that case. And that happens all the time. Like in our firm, like a lot of times what will happen is if you have a client, they sign a retainer agreement, and then that client goes and takes their case to another firm then our firm will sue that other firm to get a piece of the the settlement. And so that happens too, but you just got to pay him, you got to pay him in. And um, yeah, but I think, I feel like it's kind of interesting. I still feel like you got to press forward and build your own.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think um, I'm at a point in my life where I'm just evaluating, you know, is it worth it for me to stay here? You know, I think it's, I I feel like it's time for me to, you know, become independent. Um, I, I think, this week kind of showed me what I'm made of and I just kind of have to have faith in that and push forward. And I'm really happy that you guys have me on at this point in my life, in my career, because it's like, I think I'm in a transition period. You know, um, if you guys talked to me before this pandemic, I might've been talking to you guys about, I don't know, maybe becoming a partner at a firm. But as of right now, my mind is really shifting to who I can be as an entrepreneur and I, I'm gonna keep sharing my journey um, with everything um, with the the courses I do. If I build a brand, I'm gonna share the journey. i really I really want people to see, you know what goes into it. Um, I, I I love the Kardashians. I know like people hate the Kardashians. I love the Kardashians. I think like those women, they have like awesome like jobs and careers. And for me, my only criticism of them is I think it would be cooler if those women showed them working. So instead of me sitting back and criticizing them, I'm going to be what I think they should be. And I'm going to share, you know, my journey of working and growing and becoming someone. That's why I shared the other day, like, you know, I'm going to pay off my student loans because it's like, I want people to be on the journey with me.
1: I um, always talk about this, but one thing I like about the Kardashians is the fact that, like, they understand the power that they all have, and building businesses for each other. What do I mean by that? I mean that if Kanye has shoes, we all rocking Yeezys. If Kylie has makeup, we all promoting her makeup. If Kim has whatever, we all rocking that. And that is so powerful. Like, think about this. Do you know how much money brands pay Kim Kardashian to wear their stuff, and she's gonna wear Yeezys? Do you think Yeezy becomes a billion dollar brand without Kim Kardashian wearing his stuff? Probably, but probably not, exactly. And that's free marketing, but it's not free because now her husband's a billionaire, so now she's a billionaire. And this is why I tell people it's not a job alternative. Like, if my business wins, my wife's life is lovely. Like, she's walking into whatever she wants to walk in, so why wouldn't you invest in that? Why wouldn't you put effort and energy It's not a job. It's not something I have to build by myself. A podcast is not a job alternative. It's something we can all build together, and I think that's so important. But the other thing that you were talking about Man, and I always, I go down a rabbit hole and I forget where else I wanted to go. Dang it, I did it again. And it was going to be dope. I, so I made the Kardashians. You,
0: you made me think of something too. Um, I've been really, you know, thinking about this whole affiliate thing. And I'm like, you know what? This is awesome. It's like a, a wealth university, you know? Like there's different professors teaching on Twitter like how everybody could win. And I just think it's such an awesome thing that's like, going on right now i'm so like happy to be a part of it and I, I think it's like opening people's eyes to i mean i'm so new like you guys have been doing this but it's just like i'm still amazed by the fact that it's like w- what you're talking about with growing together and supporting each other i feel like that's
1: what we got going on right now i'm loving it i had to show rafael rafael because he thinks i'll be lying you think I'll be just lying about this stuff, Raphael? I'm lying, man. I ain't never seen him, nothing bad. We've been hustling. You know what? You wonder how I got the idea to launch something for 20 bucks? Is I was looking at Twan Kennedy. He posted something today. He did 16 grand in a day. And I looked at his stuff and I was like, he's selling something for 20 grand, or for 20 bucks. I'm like, it has to be working if he's doing it. And honestly, this is how I got to the point where I am with like... Um, selling lower cost products like Chris does, mm-hmm. is I was like, Chris is making 40 grand a week and he's not selling a product that costs two grand. He's selling a product that costs 50 bucks. Let me see what would happen if I switched my whole strategy and lowered the cost on everything. And so that's why I'd sell it at what I sell it for. And that's why, despite people saying, you should you should charge more, like, no. It's like the ultimate arbitrage. If you can teach somebody how to make a $1,000 for a 100 bucks, you'll have customers for life. So anyway, uh, what do you got, Rafael? What do you have, rather?
3: Yeah, so um, I've been thinking about this, like, all week, and I saw a tweet from Sierra that kind of sums it up. This affiliate money, which is kind of, like, base level for making online money, it's like, man, I don't have, like, when I first started making, like, a little bit of this, this affiliate money, I only had, like, 600 followers on Twitter. Right now, I'm just at about 1,000. And it's like, if I'm making, and I'm not making Sierra level money, but I'm like, if I'm making this money with this little bit of power, I was just tweeting, it's like, what's so, what's possible? And Sierra said, I think people's number one obstacle is the belief that it's not possible.
0: Definitely, definitely. Um, I'm Since I was like a, I think I was like, I think I was in like seventh grade. I remember my mom made me watch The Secret. And basically, the secret is about um, like manifesting the life that you want. And I think people do the opposite with that. You know, they they manifest a life of limitations. You know, they they tell themselves, you know, I can't do this because of this. And then, you know, as a result, they they're not able to grow. But I think what I've learned just with this affiliate marketing and now with my own course, you know, when I started, I literally this. Some random person DM'd me and said, so are you going to make that course? And I, <laughs> because I, I just, I, I see opportunities clearly. So I'm like, why not? When she told me, right? So that was the start of it. That was, that was like the Wednesday before last. And I just decided to do it. And then, um, and I just, I literally, I, I closed my DM and I just went to um, Canva. I made my cover sheet. And I came back to Twitter like, hey, pre-order this course. And I set the date for Saturday, so I was forced to do it. And I told myself, you know, I didn't say this on I, – maybe I did say it on Twitter, but I, I, I was texting my friend. I was like, you know what, what do I have to lose? If I sit down and talk for an hour about what I did, I can at least make an extra $100 a day doing it. Mm-hmm. and then the craziest thing happened. I made $1,000 the first day. So for me, it was like the universe was telling me, like, there's there's more in this, and I'm going to be the type of person that I'm going to trust the universe. If the universe tells me you can make $1,000 off of it, I'm going to listen to the universe. And I think people, you know, they don't go with the flow enough, and they they let things hold them back, and they have these limiting beliefs and I think we all could just be so much bigger if we just stopped limiting ourselves. Like, I mean, I started this year and I shared this in my video, but I think it's so funny. Like I started this year on Thanksgiving. I was like, I'm trying to be like Kylie Jenner. Like this girl is a billionaire. And to me, I, I think that is 100% possible. Like there's no doubt in my mind because I don't feel like that person is better than me. I don't feel like, that person is more worthy than me. I feel like if I see someone thrive, I feel like I can do it too. When I saw Charles Post, I made a million dollars i 'm like, oh, I was so excited. I felt like I did it because i that let me know that it 's possible, but i don 't think everybody well it 's not even I think people don 't feel that way people. I'm pretty sure he probably got some backlash that day because it's like people are just so limited in their beliefs of like what, what's possible. But I, I think anything's possible, really.
1: Honestly, I feel like that's when the hate really ramped up. That's when Doe Doobes chimed in. At first, it was just B-Real <laughs> Estate. When they saw that M, they were like, what? <laughs> 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 but, um, man, I feel like that is so key. And I feel like that's... One of my biggest issues on Twitter was like, you'll talk about what's possible and the people will come in like, we can't do that because racism and oppression and all these other, Mm -hmm. and it used to frustrate me so much because I have the secret book, I've read it and I also have watched the movie and it's just like, I believe that it's all possible. And then even if you, even if you never even seen it before, and I feel like that's the thing is like people have to see it before they believe it, but that doesn't mean it's not possible just because you haven't seen it. You just haven't seen it. Maybe you got to be the first. We always celebrate all these black first. Maybe you got to be the first black ex this time. But that does not mean it's not possible. And it used to be really frustrating, and I used to go back and forth with people. And then I just kind of focused on just proving it to myself, where it's like, it doesn't matter if you see it. It doesn't matter if you believe it. It just matters if I can do it. And I'll put the, all my effort and energy into doing it.
0: Yeah. And it's like, if you shoot for the stars, what is it you shoot for the moon, you land for the stars? It's like... I'd rather give something my all and see where I land than not try at all. Like, you know, I see people say all kind of limiting things on Twitter, and I'm just like, to me, it makes me sad because I'm just like, if you only knew that if you just tried, and it, first of all, if you just told yourself that you can, you would. And that doesn't happen. And, and I've been, um, I, I, at the end of my video, I basically told people, like, if you want help trying to figure out, like, what it is that you're going to set forth to the world, like what your niche is, reach out to me. And so, you know, I have people DMing me and I'm like, just call me. I don't have time to sit here and like (laughs) engage with you over DM. So they call me and it's like the first thing I tell them is like, look, okay, if if I'm on the phone with you, my time is worth money. So I'm going to tell you right now, first of all, you need to believe in yourself. Like, I don't know like where your belief system is right now, but I need, if I'm, you know, investing my time in you, I need you to believe that you can make it happen. Like if if you can do me any favor, that's the only thing I need from you. Like you don't you don't have to shout me out. You don't have to do anything, but please get off this phone with me believing that (laughs) you can make it happen. Please. Like if I if I didn't spend time talking to you because it's like that's that's the most important part. It's I you know if you ask me like i didn't pass the bar until i told myself i could do it i think in reality i didn't think i could do it and once i realized i could it, it got easier and now i'm just like i need to start telling myself i can and, and things are starting to fall into place
3: for me dope it's cool man and charles you said the main reason i struggled in law school and the bar was because my mind was on business and getting rich <laughs> <laughs>
1: I had, um, the first semester of law school, I actually, um, I did bad. I did very, very bad. My first semester, I had to like write an appeal letter and in my appeal letter, I was basically saying like, you know, I had a dope career before this whole law school thing. And I came to law school, like to kind of like on a whim, but I don't really need law school. So y'all should let me get my scholarship back. And the girl read it and she was like, you should probably take all that stuff out. And... Like what I realized is, and this is crazy. I don't, I don't know if it's like a good thing or a bad thing, but I've always kind of struggled just because I knew that I always had a backup plan and sometimes the backup plans aren't a good thing, but I know successful people are professionals and entrepreneurs, but like I've always known I was going to make money in business because I just knew business makes you rich. And my goal, I always tell people, like my goal is not a good income. My goal is not a good job. My goal is get rich. And so I've struggled with that. I've struggled like every time I've like had to take like any exam, I couldn't stop doing other stuff that was like making me rich. Like I couldn't stop doing the real estate. I couldn't stop doing the investment club. I couldn't stop doing all these different things. And it was like, bro, like you literally have to shut everything down and do bar 100%. And I could never shut everything down because I always had other stuff going that was like in get rich mode. And so now that I can afford to do some things, I'm like, I can afford to like shut it down and afford to hire somebody to take care of these things while I do it, which is Sheridan, And she's going to take care of those things for me. But it's tough because it's always been that conflict for me. Like when I was studying for the bar this most recent time, I was literally like, that's when my business blew up. Like I took off that time from work and I started hitting it. And I was promoting the hell out of my, because I was I finally got a chance to take off work. And I don't talk about this, but it's very dope to have good people in your circle. And so I was talking to John Johnson, Jeremy Johnson, and I told him, I was like, he posted something about how he quit his job and he knew he would take a decrease in income, but he knew that if he had that free time to work on his investing, he would make more money. And I told him, I was like, that's where I am. Like, I'm in a position where... I know if I had that free time, I could make more money, but I also know I would take a decrease in income. And so what he told me, he said, what you need to do is take like a mini little time off, take like two weeks to four weeks. And so my two weeks to four weeks actually coincided with a bar study. And so I took off this time, I ramped up my business, I made a ton of money and I was like, fuck, like this is dope. And that actually spurred everything. Cause that's honestly, that's when I, I everything changed. Like, I think like that first week of bar prep, I made like 13 grand, I thought I was a man. And then I just got relentless with it. And then next week I made like 50 grand. The next week I made like 40 grand. I started hitting it, hitting it, hitting it because I had figured it out because I had the time to figure it out. And a lot of us don't have the time to figure it out. And what I'm realizing is it's not the money that's holding you back, it's the time. We always talk about the time is more valuable than the money, but we don't realize like just having the time to get on the phone and talk to lenders Having the time to find deals, having the time to talk to business owners and buy their business, that is invaluable. You can have unlimited resources. You can have a half million dollars in the bank, but if you don't have the time, you can't find deals. (laughs) And it's so crazy because it's so true. But basically, I sell that to say that I just rambled a long time, but I know they're going to get some value (laughs) in that ramble. And Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what, the, what, the, what, the, what it was about. I do that all the time. He was
0: asking you about struggling with law school, and I felt that too because that's how I was. You know, like I hated law school. I hated studying for the bar because it's like, I mean, even at a firm, just all of it. Like I went to law school because I'm like I want to be rich. I didn't go because I wanted to be in court arguing with people because I'm I'm passionate about being an advocate. I'm like. those lawyers they make a lot of money they have a lot of power i want to be that you know so then it it becomes it becomes really hard when you're sitting there and it's like they're telling you these things that don't really seem important and they're not really telling you you're like hold up i came here to learn how to get rich and y'all not talking to me about that so it it, that Uh, was hard so like 100 it was so hard it was so hard the one class, if you ask me, is relevant now. And that's probably biz orgs. Can you relate? Yep. Like, that was probably Absolutely. the most important one for business But other than or, and contracts. But other than that, I'm like, man, like,
1: so true. they didn't give me what I came for. That is so true. I used to, like, I think that that was, like, the fact that I had to, like, study stuff that wasn't really important to me. And then also, like, I had to take time off from my life. Like, you can't get through law school and do other shit. And that was so frustrating because, like, I saw everybody else out here, like, living their best lives in their homes, and yeah. like, ho- homes and sticks. And I was like, dang, I'm in the library. They're out there just, like, traveling and going out to eat and eat the sushi. And I'm over here just, like, yeah. having a drive back home in the Woodomar. Like, it was lame. I hated that yeah. part about law school. Like, low-key, like, that is – it was so frustrating. Um, Man. But, yeah, that's that is something really important is – Like you're in law school, you're learning all these different things that like don't apply to being rich, but like the goal is to get rich. I used to be in law school and they had like real estate investing books and I would find the real estate investing books and read those instead.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, I can relate so much, man, that we had the same law school experience. And it's so funny because I had a tutor um, during the bar and, you know, thank God for that tutor. But you know one day it was fourth of july and the my neighbors behind me they're having a, a cool party my parents are in santa barbara all my friends are partying and my tutor calls me and she tells me you need to write an essay i'm like look i don't want to do anything today like i'm mad you know that i have to be studying and she cussed me out she was just like you feel sorry for yourself But, you know, I say that to say, like, it was so hard because it's like law school and our career in general, it's really hard because it's like we have to make sacrifices that I don't think anybody understands, but other people in the profession. But I don't think like just like the the average person understands like what being in law
1: entails. I think this is the first time we've ever had a lawyer on the show. I love this. I love this show because we can just like get dope people on the timeline. And say hey come on to the show because you're dope i think that's yeah, so and cool now
3: and now we can just tweet people like just at people and say yo you need to be on the show and people are like, yeah man whatever you ready
1: i was telling rafael like i think we cracked the code because low-key it's a lot of shows out there like the Thai capital millionaire podcast when i first heard the Thai capital millionaire podcast there was no other now off top of my head i could probably think of like five others and it got kind of lame. It's like, man, it's like, it's so many other real estate podcasts out there now that, like, what can we do to differentiate differentiate ourselves? And that's what being wealthy is about: is differentiating yourself. Like, you can't. I was thinking about this today. I was like, you know what? The reason why I've been able to become successful is because my product isn't like everybody else's. Anybody can sell T-shirts. Not a lot of people could sell something that talks about options. And so you got to be different at scale. And so I feel like that's where we are right now. It's like we have something that's really dope and it's different, but it's at scale. And it's not like we're out here trying to compete to say, I know you got that other T-shirt on, but put this one on. Like, it's just a struggling thing to kind of get into. What you got, Rafael? Yeah, man. Um, well, Sierra said... Pride comes
3: before a failure. You lose the moment you stubbornly try to reinvent the wheel.
0: <laughs> I love it. So, I mean, I came on here to be real, so I'm going to tell you what I was talking about. So, you know, I I think, you know, like, I don't have pride when it comes to, like, if I don't know something, like, okay, like, let's let's talk about options. You know, if I don't know option, I'm not about to challenge Charles until I've reached his level of expertise. Right. Um, and it, it basically came from me. I saw, you know, somebody tweeting about how they're not paying somebody to retweet they'd rather have organic growth or whatever. And for me, I feel like that's pride because it's like, bro, if you just put the money up, you're going to like grow exponentially but your pride is telling you that you need organic growth. And it's like, what does that, I don't get what that means. Like, what's organic? Like, I mean, what, what huge company isn't advertising? I'm about to advertise myself because guess what? I'm trying to be huge. I'm not, about to, I'm not about to stay in my network. The people who know me aren't giving me their money because they don't want me, they don't want me in that Bentley Bentayga but these random people that don't know me, they could care less. They'll give me their twenty dollars a hundred times. Yes. So So true. <laughs> That is so true. So it's like I, I said that because it's like I, I feel like, you know, if the if the blueprint tells you that you have to pay for something, then you follow the blueprint. You don't challenge the blueprint until you've got it figured out. So that's that's really where it
2: came from. Todd Consultant presents the Vending Machine Business Webinar. You can only have one job, but you can have as many vending machines as you want. This is your chance to see how we do business and how you can start your very own vending machine business. Avoid the mistakes we made and start winning. You'll be shown how we find, negotiate, buy, and manage our vending machine business generating thousands per month and how it has unlimited scale. To find out more details, hit us up on the link in the bio, on Instagram at Partner With Millie, or on Instagram at todd.capital, or just head over to gumroad.com forward slash toddcapital. Girls and women
1: are just so smart. They don't, they don't, like, compete. They just do things to win, if that makes sense. And when I saw that tweet, I was like, he's a dope dude. I, I respect that dude. But I definitely disagree with that tweet. I was like, uh, if I could, if you got to really look at, I tell somebody, like, if you look at the math of it, you can pay a hundred bucks for an ad and make five grand, if not more. Man. Like people talking about ROI, like what's the ROI on paying a hundred bucks for an ad? I'm like, I'm gonna pay, I, I spend about 500 bucks on ads a week and that's still kind of low. But the dope thing about it is it all goes to black business. Like it's so cool to me that I get to fund other black businesses. Smart people who found out a way to monetize their free Instagram page. I think that's dope. And you know what also is dope give it to us for an affordable rate. We're all helping each other win here. Like, that's what group economics looks like. Group economics looks like, hey, I want you to win and you want me to win. So let's work together. I'm not going to price gouge you and you're going to give me business every single week. Like, that is what a thriving economy looks like. So for me, I could, I'm, and I'm a very egotistical person, but in that instance, I just disagreed with that tweet. I was like, you know, I've, I've done the organic way. And I feel like a lot of the reason why my following has grown was because I said, you know what, let me pay for this stuff. And so for example, like, I think the Thai capital, um, Instagram page had like 20,000 followers. And after I left Bigger Blacker Pockets, me and just kind of grew to like 40,000 followers. And then once I started paying for promotion, I I grew from 40,000 followers to 70,000 followers. And now about to hit 80,000 followers. And it's all because I just paid for the promo. And in every single promo, I hit, make sure you follow Ty Capital, follow Partner with Billy. And so my personal page grows and that page grows. And so it doesn't make sense. uh, Blackwell Renaissance, I used to run ads through them individually and I was on their page and I saw that they have this thing called like the Black Wealth Group. You can pay like 150 bucks and they'll put you on like four different pages. So you get on Black Entrepreneurs, I think what they call it, you get on Black Wall Street 2, you'll get on Black Wealth Renaissance, you'll get on like Start a Black Business. And the crazy part about it is you get like 1.5 million people who follow them, like who get a chance to see your, your post. And it's like 150 bucks, but I used to pay them all individually. I used to pay Black Wolf Renaissance like fifty bucks, black uh, Black Wall Street like fifty bucks, and some other people. I pay a lot of people a lot of money. But it's just cool because you don't you don't gotta do that. Like I feel like we do have a lot of ego tied into it and that's why we stay broke. Because we feel like like, nah, I gotta do this. Like, no, bro, like maybe you should hire a graphic designer to design your graphics. Like you might think that you're not making you're not as dope because now you're not out here designing everything but sometimes paying people is going to actually take you further. And I'm at that point now like there's people out there who are better than you. It's an employee mindset. It's an employee mindset when you think that you got to be the smartest person. You got to be the best person. You got to be the most efficient money person for you to make money. Entrepreneurs, know I have the idea and I put the pieces together, and then those pieces build me wealth, and so that's where I am these days. Like I don't, I don't want to be the smartest person. I have somebody who is an affiliate. It was a, it was an admin and an affiliate, and she runs that community way better than I could. And I pay her five hundred bucks a month, and then I make whatever I make per month. And that's just where we are in business now. Like we just got. I want to. I would rather pay people. Like I tell people, I didn't go, I didn't, entrepreneurship to me isn't just about like passive income and making a bunch of money as much as it is other people working for me as opposed to me working for money. Like that is a dope part about it. Like you build something and the people work for you as opposed to you working for them.
0: Yeah. I, said, I mean, I, we have to pay for people. I don't know. I don't know where that comes from. pay.
1: Pay the money and get your ego out of it. But all respect to the brother, definitely the homie. He's definitely a hustler. He's definitely a good dude. But that's just something I disagreed with.
3: Yeah, I did too. You said shout out to Ecom for making all this possible because my cup running over."
1: I said that, (laughs) man. I was, I was, I was, um, we're looking at a very expensive house. The house is probably, it's more expensive than, the house that we're looking at I don't know if I should say this, but I guess they bought their homes at different times. So like my in-laws bought their house at a certain time, like 20 years, 25 years ago. My parents, they bought their new home like 10 years ago. And the house we're looking at, just because of the dynamics of California, is probably like the cost of their homes combined. And it's a lot of money, man. And so I'm over here thinking like, how are we gonna make this happen? And I'm like, we just gotta put a big down payment down. Now the dope thing is, is when you do that kind of thing, it's really just a way to make your money permanent. Doctor Boyce Watkins talks about like making your money permanent a lot, and it's so funny when I shared with Chris what I did last month. He was like, "So you gonna buy that house?" And I was like, "I don't know." It was like it makes sense to do it, but I think what I want to do is just make a significant down payment towards the house that I want. And I think he kind of he can kind of get with that, but I think he's still kind of teetering on the whole buying house and cash thing but the thing is let's say hypothetically you put down whatever you put down like that money is permanent it's in a house i didn't put it into gucci i didn't put it into diamonds or diamonds are kind of permanent too i didn't put it into popping bottles i didn't put it into taking trips i put it into a house and so now i have equity in that house so actually and i was telling what's his name this i was like even if i were to buy a house in cash that still i still got the wealth it's just in a different position so you buy a house that costs a half a million dollars. Now you just got a half a million dollar net worth. And then what happens after two, three, four, five, six years, and now that a house has doubled or tripled, like you didn't lose the money. Like, and that's what's so dope about it. But I say that econ made it all possible because it's like it knocks down all barriers. Back in the day, and I talked about this, I think on the last show, we had to take out loans. You had to get inventory. You had to get all these things to go into business. And what's crazy about it is the Asians were beating us so the Asians were coming over here with their Chinese money, their fake Chinese money, and they were leasing the office space we couldn't off- lease. They were leasing the retail space we couldn't lease. They were leasing the restaurant space we couldn't lease. And they were in there making fried chicken, making soul food, selling beauty, ki- beauty supply products. Like they were beating us at our own game. And that's crazy if you think about it. But you know what happened is it would then take all that money and then take it right back on to Chinatown. And so like Ecom allows us to sell hair pomade to sell beard oil, to sell do rags, to sell whatever. This dude, has made a hundred grand selling do rags. So what do you think Ching and them were doing? They're making the same hundred grand. Ecom allows us to replace them. And it's crazy because I, this is one of the things I was going to talk about earlier is that like a lot of us were before our time. I had a necktie, I had a necktie company that was before its time. My necktie company, I started in like, I forget when, it might've been like 2016, maybe before then, but like econ wasn't as powerful then. So getting somebody to buy something from you and then for you to ship it to them was foreign. Now that's what they do every day, so I was before my time. But these days, if that's what you're doing, you just got a business, like we don't know any different. Like that's all we do these days is go online and buy stuff and ship it. And so I just feel like now is is, is a prime opportunity to be, to be starting your econ business, to get, be getting that econ money to be hustling up that econ bag and I want to see more of us doing it. And I'm testament of it. I saw Chris doing it and I started looking, I analyze stuff. I don't just see it. I'm like, hmm, if Chris has the ability to sell to the world and the world is millions of people big, I don't got to sell to everybody. I just got to sell to 1%. And I, I, just, I started doing the math. I was like, okay, if I can get on pages, they're going to blast me out to 1.5 million people. I just need 150 sales in a day. That's like 0.01%, that's like 0.1%. If I can get 0.1% conversion rate, that's good. And so it's, it's math at that point in time. Ecom is gonna take us all to the next level, but the crazy part about it and what's frustrating is, like they legit priced us out for so long. They could legit tell us like, no, you can't buy this. They could legit tell us like, no, nah, you can't afford to do this, this, and this, but now we do it. And I think that Chris kind of closed that gap with Alibaba. Like I know Sierra, she's buying product. I have my product coming in, and my wife is going to start having her product coming in. She, she said she wants to have a home decor company, and like I'm all for it. You want to sell home decor? Let's do it. But like, we are in a dope position, and we got to capitalize on it. I'm still getting sales rough you know? this, they got to. Stop. This is my
0: return to econ. I actually, um, I talked about it in my course too, and I, I don't, I haven't really talked about it on Twitter. But before I went to law school, like I was also ahead of the curve. I um, I used to sell short. And T-shirts on um, Instagram, and at like this whole ad thing. This is like this is not unfamiliar to me because I would reach out, you know, to these girls who would have a huge following. I would just DM them or email them and be like, "Hey, can I send you my shirt? Can I send you my shorts?" And this at that time, this was like 2013. At that time, they did it for free. They just post. They, mm. they just needed post. You know, they weren't. Charging, I don't know how much to use Instagram models charge for a post, but they were doing it for free. And um, I'm just so happy to return to it because it's like now I'm like bigger and better, and now I understand like life more, business more, I know how to negotiate more. Um, but it, it's so cool, and I think it's like it's so much easier than I think people realize. Like it's it's just very like straightforward with like if you, if you want a product, like if you want to sell something. It's so easy to source it from China. It's so easy now to build a website. It's so easy to reach out to a page to promote you. It's so easy. Like with Shopify, you can just throw a label on your package and it's out. Like, it's really such a simple process. Um, and I'm so glad to be a part of it. And I just want to see more people doing it and especially our people, you know, like, um, we don't, we don't have to go back to work. Like let's, whatever you're passionate about, Like let's, let's make it a brand. like, I convinced my esthetician and I was like, girl, don't, she look at this wax place. I'm like, don't go back there. I'm like, I don't know how much they pay you, but I'm assuming they pay you one fifty a day, if that I'm like, you can make a hundred dollars off of one facial. All you have to do is promote yourself on social media. I posted a picture of my facial she's been booked and busy this whole time so it's like every person i come across if i could talk to them and convince them like hey whatever it is you're interested in like put it online But like, i'll let me be that person because it's like it's too simple for people not to be jumping on
1: it's frustrating because like people don't see it like if you have a job it's because you're making somebody else money and it's like if you do hair if you do whatever, you're making somebody else money. So that means you can make somebody else money. You make yourself money rather. And so it's so key. It's like you have people who like in the age of social media, we can just kind of post stuff because like for me, I'm kind of an impersonal person. I'm not the person who's going to go knocking your door and ask you to buy something. I'm not the person who's going to even ask you to buy something like, like over the phone, but I can post some stuff on Instagram all day. I can post some stuff on Twitter and I don't got to know what you look like. I just got to know that you want to spend that money. So it's it's just cool that you said that because like econ back in the day, back in the big cartel days, back in the whatever, it was before it's time. And it's matured now. And Steve Bezos is, uh, or not Jeff Bezos, is definitely a big part of that. Speaking of Jeff Bezos, I think we should talk about this. Um, Rafael, we'll start with you. What is your thoughts on the whole, like him becoming a trillionaire and him getting all the slander he's getting on, on Twitter? Yeah.
3: I haven't been paying attention. I mean, if it doesn't directly affect me, I don't I don't. It's an honest answer.
1: Attention. I like that answer. I don't pay much, pay much attention. I can't stop it. Right, I'll, be,
0: I'll be the bad guy. For me, like, I hate that people, like, one, hate on other people. Like, th- there's just so many things about it. First, it's like, I'm not going to look at Jeff Bezos and be envious, you know? It's just like, that's awesome what he's accomplished. He doesn't owe anybody anything. He's earned and built what he's built. He doesn't have to give any person anything. He gets to, he gets to define his standards. And it's like, I I see like these Amazon workers, like they'll like, they'll um, boycott their labor. And it's just like, okay, if you don't like it, then you have to be, become him. Maybe you're not on that level. But it's like, OK, if you don't want to go, if you don't want to show up for work every day, then you have to become your own boss. You can't sit here and complain about what the boss is doing. You just got to become the boss. Like, yeah. uh, I I don't feel it on that level. It's like, I think people want him to like to donate instead of just, like,
1: he can do what he wants to do. Like, it, it's his life and you can't really expect much from him. The crazy thing about people who like boycott their labor is those are the people who get their job shipped overseas. And then they're like, We're broke. We poor. Like, bro, like he was gonna pay you what he was gonna pay you. You could create your own or whatever. And so like for me, I I take two stances. Like I'm over here like Bezos it up. But then I'm also I'm kind of weirded out by the people who like defend Jeff Bezos aggressively. I'm like, yeah, that's kind of weird. Like I'm I'm kinda like I'm kinda like Raphael like he going to do what he does. Let me focus on what I'm doing. But, like, it's weird when there's people who are like, we need billionaires because we need Apple iPhones or, like, take the opposite approach who are saying, like, he doesn't need that much money. It's, I'm just kind of like, uh, whatever. Like, let me just focus on, like, becoming one. <laughs> but it's weird. Yeah. Like, I just, I'm just, just kind of like, it doesn't matter to me. I, just, I see the conversation on Twitter, and I think it's interesting, but I'm not going to chime in. I'm not going to, like, I'm not going to, like... Aggressively and use energy to help Basils become richer because it doesn't improve my life at all. But I'm also not going to hate on him because he should be able to do whatever he wants to do. He improves people's lives and he better himself. And I think that his story is inspirational. So it's like I'm kind of I'm Ralph I'm, I'm Raphael to this Raphael. Is your real name? Is your real last name? Husbands. Have you read the Dark Knight? Was it? Is it called Dark Knight? The the, the story about the guy who. Became like the first millionaire in New York City, Dark Prince. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, I saw that. I, yeah, I read that. I read that one. You read it? How'd you like it? I
3: oh, thought it was pretty good. I thought it was pretty good. You say I, thought, I, I don't know. You said you couldn't really get into it, but I thought it was pretty good. Dark I Prince.
1: I couldn't. get into it because it was an audiobook and it was written like a. Oh, oh it's the but Prince of Darkness. It. I think the Prince of Darkness. Prince, there, there, Prince you we there we go. There we go. Anyway, we're gonna wrap this up. You always mm-hmm. wanna wrap it up.
0: <laughs>
1: she's getting rafael's getting sleepy. it's like two o'clock where rafael is
3: oh he's on the it different coast yeah
1: i'm on the east coast
3: so sierra give them all the um the places where they can find you
0: you can find me on instagram um sierra um, underscore esq that's c-i-e-r-r-a underscore esq same thing for my twitter um Really, you can you can find things I'm working on in my bio on Instagram and Twitter. Um, that's it. Really.
1: And and it's lit. And I think we got a lot of gems. It's like in the two-hour episode, maybe like an hour so and a half.
3: Under. So yeah. as always, you can follow us on Twitter. You can follow Rafael at Work Money Life. Follow Charles at Todd Billion. Follow him also on Instagram at Todd Billion. Follow the podcast at Tweet Talk Podcast on IG. And we uh, got that Charles merch coming for
1: you. We got the we shirts, shirts coming for you. And we also got to figure out some other stuff because we can't just be in the t-shirt business. What can we do to differentiate ourselves, Raphael? We got to figure out some way. got to brainstorm. But isn't this shirt fly? I feel like this is like the coolest <laughs> shirt I got. Like, the little little subtle tie capital. Like, that's so fly to me. But you can only appreciate yeah, it if you see big tie capital shirt.
0: Why do you go like Todd? Is that your name? I'm confused. Like, I, I kind of hate when I call you Todd because I'm like, that's not his name, and I don't know
3: why I'm
1: saying Todd. So, no, I was his talking
3: – That's just his fake name.
1: I was talking his to my wife. Name. I was talking to my wife today or yesterday, and we were talking about how, like, as kids get older, they kind of want to define themselves. And – I decided I want to be called Todd because I'm a I'm a 35 year old white male. <laughs> you ever, ever seen that thing on um on uh that one show Atlanta? No. No. You, I'll show you. I'll send you guys the, the gif. But anyway, I just I define myself. I was like, you know what? At this age, I want to call myself Todd, but I still go by Charles. But I go by Charles Todd Oglesby the Third, JD. And please hit the JD. <laughs> i
3: seen that three times fast. All
1: right. She's Come looking at me pull. crazy. Shout out to wives. <laughs> hey, I got to go. This is fun, you though. got to go,
3: man. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on IG. Todd Capital. All that good stuff.
1: And Episode this...
3: 46. Oh, let me just... Leave it on the one last tweet from Charles. Get to these millions, that's the shit beyond.